0: Hello, and welcome back to the spooktacular episode of the Closed Screening Podcast. I am your vampire host, Zach.
1: And I'm your spooky co-host, Nicholas.
0: What, are you a vampire, a werewolf, a, a ghoul, a goblin? I'm a ghoul. I'm a ghost. You're a ghost? Yeah. Um, I'm spooky. Welcome back. Uh, this is the, the Halloween episode, and it'll get quite spooky before we get into our our movie of the day, which is the very non-spooky Groundhog Day, but it, you could say it's kind of spooky. It is a little it'd be, spooky. It, it'd be spooky living in it. A little, a little um, off putting. But before we get into our feature of the day, Nicholas, you watching anything?
1: Funny. You should ask co-host Zach. Uh, sp- Wait, what was your adjective again? Now i just got spooky in my head. What were you? I was just,
0: I was just vampire Zack.
1: Vampire Zach uh count zacula
0: count zacula
1: (laughs) you like that um i have been watching something actually i took myself to the theater for a three and a half endeavor it is uh maybe the event film of the year it is killers of the flower moon which i definitely mispronounced last time when we brought this up on the podcast i think i said i think you said
0: yeah uh, flowers of the moon uh, killer yeah <laughs>
1: I, something like that i messed it up um you have not seen this so i'm not gonna go too spoilery um i'm actually going
0: like... uh tomorrow to go see it
1: oh nice um so i'm not gonna get too deep into it but i will say that i liked it um i thought that the performances were amazing i think that robert de niro is finding his i guess i can't say second wind because he's been out it a long time but there's a point in time where Robert De Niro just was not doing it for me. He's doing it for me now. And well it's, yeah. I'm sure
0: you've seen the interviews where they're like, why are you in this movie? And he's like, I need to pay like my wife's bills. Yeah. Like the shit that she's racking up.
1: Sure. 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 Um, but no, it, it was a really, really good film. What was awesome about this film is that it didn't feel like it was three and a half hours long, um, at times. And, uh, it made me want to do some research after the film, which is always cool. Like it's fun when a film makes you just occupies your mind and makes you want to want to mm-hmm. do a deep dive into whatever topic that it gets into. Um, it's based off real life events, uh, Again, not going to get too deep into the weeds now, but I liked it a lot, um, and I can't wait to do a deep dive with you when you see it. Yeah. Uh,
0: this is a bit of a funny story. I bought the book for my grandma, like two Christmases,' three Christmases ago right and when i got it from amazon the entire back cover ripped off so then i got a second copy so i i have a copy myself but i've never read it
1: okay yeah yeah i i don't know how long the book is um i've heard that it's it's really well done it's
0: it's it's a normal length book
1: i i will say that i heard that the film i mean this this is pretty typical of most adaptations anyway but the the book does a, a better job of diving into the subject matter and is more
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so. I'm looking more comprehensive, but but it was it was a really really good film. I mean, and uh, three. I mean, for three and a half hours, it, it was well worth the time that I spent. Um, I will say though, do you this? I had a thing where I was thinking about lengths of film and whether or not three and a half hours is overdoing it do you think that three and a half hours is
2: pretentious mm. i mean
0: let's did did
2: and i'm not just avengers, talking about this did, did avengers
0: endgame need to be three hours
1: probably not
0: no but i i mean i haven't seen this movie so i think it just depends on the film i didn't think the irishman needed to be three hours
1: yeah and i didn't see the irishman I, I don't know. There's something about it where I think that it's but funny. I, thought, I that, thought
0: Oppenheimer was a good three hours.
1: Yeah, like I thought that one was deserving. May- maybe it's the the silly, dumb answer is that if it's good, it's worth it. If it's not good, it's not worth it. But I wonder if movie theaters are in this weird place where they feel like they have to try to make the theater experience worthwhile. Like you feel like you were earning uh, the the entrance fee to get in, but it almost backfires on them when... Audiences are put off by films that are over two and a half hours. I don't know; it's just something I've just been mulling over recently. I saw it,
0: it had a, a horrific drop off in its second week in the box office. Ugh, I, hate, I hate. I also to see saw that. that apparently some theaters were issuing a, a intermission halfway through, and then Apple really came out and said, like, are tracking down those theaters and telling them they're going to lose their rights. Wow, to, I Apple's. To broadcast their other films if they don't remove the intermission, Wow. because even Scorsese I, I, was like, this movie was not built around an intermission.
1: Can I say something though? I think there should be an intermission. I, I think you should bring back intermissions,
0: I mean, that's another conversation, yeah, so I feel like you you got to edit differently if you're going for an intermission.
1: that's fair anyway we, we can we can do a, a deeper dive into this after you see it next yeah. week, but but it it was good. I enjoyed it and, and I, I'm, I'm sure've sure seen uh,
0: I'm sure you've seen the. The clips of those guys on tiktok who we're talking about how only five people would like this movie it those guys the guy that wears the spider-man sweatshirt
1: oh i haven't seen it what, what was the clip like they it's were talking about, only... about
0: like how this movie's pretentious and how uh, they have I... they just have some really really bad movie takes
2: hmm. i like those guys so okay well i liked it
1: um um so I'll, anything I'll put else you've seen that... no that's it that's uh I've been lucky enough that that's that's the only thing.
0: Um. So I've got three things I want to. I guess. Uh, yeah, three things I want to talk about. Nice. But only one movie. Oh. And the uh, the first movie, the only movie I should say, uh, Abigail and I rewatched the original Haunted Mansion.
1: Oh. The Eddie Murphy like, one. Yeah, that came out in the '90s, right?
0: 2003. Oh my gosh, I- I've never seen it. You've never seen it. -mm, Let me just tell you that I remembered it being like scary as a child. Yeah, and I was just thinking, like, oh, it's probably just because I was a kid. No, that movie is like actually kind of scary. Really? Like, there's a like a zombie scene where they almost die. There's some jump scares. There's some spooky ghosts.
2: Was it put out by Disney?
0: Yeah, it's it's a full-on Disney movie inspired by the ride. Oh wow! And I've only ever. Been on the ride once when I was a child, so I have no reference. But I've right? there were some, uh, there were some, homages. I think there's a like a piano that plays itself, and it's all spooky. Yeah, it sounds but, right. I mean, I thought it was a a pretty decent, like children's horror film. Yeah. Um. Gave it three stars on Letterbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a perfect movie. CGI held up pretty well.
1: I do love Eddie Murphy.
0: But,
2: the past. I guess, on
0: October 20th, the long-awaited, for me personally, five years in the in the making, Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, yeah. released. And I was talking to Abigail. I said, Abigail, I have to play the game. You want to be with me? It has to wait. You see me every day. I said, Abigail, I've been waiting for this game longer than we've been dating. So I said, you got to give me time to do it. Yeah. Completed it. I won't go too heavy in spoilers just in case someone is currently playing it because it's only been on a week and I wasn't doing anything. So I complete 100% of the game. Bit of a mixed bag for me. Mm. We may, we might want to talk about this off the podcast a little bit. Yeah. But some of the, the story decisions were kind of, I was pondering why besides gameplay that they would add this into the story. Some of the creative decisions weren't really there for me. Yeah. Well, you're a but, big
1: Spider-Man guy, so but, it's you hold it close to your heart.
0: Combat, yeah. amazing. Traversal, amazing. Yeah. They fix all the complaints from people. People just love to complain. Yeah, People always talk about how horrible Star Wars fans are. I think Spider-Man fans are close, if not worse, than Star Wars fans.
1: You and I know from personal experience uh, that that fan base is... Testing.
0: Well, and rightly so the stuff that's i don't know if you're still reading that uh, the Amazing spider-man run right now but it's uh it's not very good yeah so rightly so sometimes the fans know what they want but uh some of these fans are just being horrific i don't know it was it was i was it was amazing to play amazing to be back in that world again but it might
1: it might be hard to to rate a video game if you had to give it a score. What do you think you'd give it?
0: I so I'd give the uh, first one nine point six three out of ten. The first one
1: nine point six three.
0: I'm giving this one at how eight you, point.
1: How did you get the six three?
0: That just came to me right now. <laughs> I'm giving this one an eight point two four.
1: Okay. What was what was Miles if you had to score that one?
0: So I've only ever played Miles once. Yeah. Not only about 10 hours, 7.83. Okay. And I was never a huge fan of this Miles. Right. But I, I, I've come around to him. Besides, have you seen the suit that he gets at the very end of the game? I did. The, everyone is just clowning on it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And I'm, I'm so tired of the Miles Morales of, I gotta be my own Spider-Man. Like he said that like six times in this series.
1: It does feel like that's his big thing. Like ever since you've known Miles Morales as a character, I, I've known him back since 2011. But ever since the, the first in the Spider Verse film came out in 2018, I feel like that's just been his shtick. And I feel like we need yeah. to move beyond that.
0: And the funny thing is, in this like Insomniac Sony Universe, PS Universe, he created his black suit himself. So it's not like Spider Man gifted him the suit, right? I don't know. It was weird.
1: Yeah. So so it it was the plot point, certain plot points, story decisions. Yeah. Just take it out
0: for you, and then I like a technical aspect. I had four crashes when I was in like massive cutscenes. There's a cutscene where I—it's the first time you see Venom. It's been leading up. Twelve hours of gameplay. Yeah, he finally emerges. Game crashes. I think our friend Anthony said he had three so far. I have four. Just some. Um, some minor technical stuff that... Yeah. I mean, that's just the state of the, the video game industry now. I was
1: about to say, I feel like that always happens for big games.
0: And I wasn't a, a huge fan of the suits. Okay. They, they made a big deal about, oh, there's 60 suits in the game, and then each one of them has four different customizable options. But they took out some of the best suits from the first game. I don't know. I don't, and I don't know. I just felt compelled to wear the suits that were like you're supposed to wear. Yeah, that's that's how I am. So maybe, but when when they release New Game Plus, where you can go back with all your progress, I'll play it with whatever suit I want on. But whatever. The last thing I want to talk about is me and you are big, 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 big comic guys. Of course. And. Uh, we have a, we have a certain writer that we are very partial to, uh, named Jonathan Hickman, that he is, he's been giving the reins of a new Spider-Man series. Yeah. And little was known about it, only that it was going under Ultimate Spider-Man. Yep. So before we even got the plot synopsis, like three days ago, I started reading the original Ultimate Spider-Man from 2000. Yep. And I started reading that four days ago.
1: Written by Brian Michael Bendis and drawn by Mark Bagley.
0: Yep. First, I wasn't a huge Bagley fan at all. Yeah. But I'm actually it, it, come around to him. He's an now acquired taste. Yeah. Uh, and I am on four days. I'm on issue forty-five. We are powering through it. But now, but now we know that it's uh, it's not. This it doesn't seem like it's gonna be the same Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. It's I, just I, going I, under I, a
0: different. They're just using the ultimate name.
1: Because I I sent you the sort of like the release or the leaks of certain images because Hickman had said in the interview that he was going to do a Peter B. Parker situation, which is a reference to the older Spider-Man from the across the Spider-Verse films. And uh, Mm -hmm. some certain images got released of an older bearded Peter Parker married to Mary Jane Watson, which is a big deal for those who follow Spider-Man in the comic books because Marvel refuses for Spider-Man to be happy and married to Mary Jane.
0: Um, but also, I don't know if I read this wrong, but it seems like he's writing a story about a Spider-Man who gets his powers after.
1: It is, yeah. Yeah. So. It's a different, uh, yeah. But, but He's it, already a, a
0: full-blown adult. Which then is he gets his powers.
1: Yeah. I, at first, I didn't know how I felt about that, but then I thought to myself, you know, comic books and these original characters, especially like Spider-Man, it was the, the child fantasy that you get your powers at a young age. But I feel like mm-hmm. the readership now, especially if you're a comic book reader, it's not so much about wish fulfillment as a kid, it's about wish fulfillment as an adult. And so maybe that speaks to an older audience. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of coming around to that idea. It could be fun.
0: But anyway, so I was like, oh, I'm just reading all these for nothing. But actually they're pretty good. So
1: Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, audience members, comic book talk, go go check this stuff out. That's good.
0: The last thing I want to say about the game. There is a there's a they what they call a fetch quest where you just pick up collectibles yeah. around the map. You pick up these little spider bots. And once you pick up the last one, you get the little into the spider verse, like portal thing. And this woman talks to you. And uh, apparently, it is a woman that was in the movie that they cut her scene. So it it doesn't really make sense. Interesting. It's this bartender that's talking to you. And apparently, she was in the first cut of the movie of Across the Spider Verse. It is supposed to be a big, like, and, like, the only, like, the, the big, like, oh, my gosh moment is when she says Miguel. Like, don't, if Miguel f- comes to you, tell him that, like, you're cool with me or something. Right, right, right. So, it is a bit weird.
1: That, yeah, that's kind of trippy.
0: It's like, could they have, and it was in, like, the, the Spider-Verse animation style.
2: Huh. Interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, hey, Sp- Spider-Man's having a big year.
0: Except for in his own comic book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
0: Anyway, anyway, I, I we got to get to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, good talk, man. IMDb number two thirty-four, which it's probably changed. I know for a fact it's changed. Oh, sure. Since, um, I think our last episode, they've all shifted.
1: I saw that. Uh, my critical darling, my favorite, my father and my son has rocketed
0: up the list. It's it's are uh, the effect of this podcast. I know, watching it. They're scoring it. <laughs> anyway, this like film, released in 1993, one hour and 41 minutes, sits at a 8.0 out of 10, with 665,463 votes, and then a Metascore rating of 72, directed by Harold Ramis, stars Bill Murray, and Andy McDowell and Chris Elliott. Um, should I give a little plot synopsis or do you want to take a crack at
1: please. it? Oh, please, sir. By all means.
0: Also, uh, I didn't realize we, have, we don't get last names in this movie. No last names.
1: No, we don't.
0: So uh, the film follows Phil, a local Pittsburgh weatherman who is sent off for the third or fourth year in a row to report from Puxetani. To uh, to report on the Groundhog Day festivities, and while he's there, he is stuck in a time loop where he has to live this same Groundhog Day over and over again. And as the the time goes on, he slowly learns to become a better man, which ultimately leads to his release.
2: Nice, that was good.
0: Um, I did I did some uh, some sleuthing, and apparently Harold Ramis stated that. Phil was in the time loop for ten years.
2: Oh my gosh! Uh,
0: apparently, in the first draft of the movie, it was ten thousand. Oh. <laughs> but they cut it back to ten.
1: Holy crap! You know, I, I didn't even think about that. How many days in real time had passed? Ten years. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Got it.
0: Um, and then one last bit of trivia before we really get into it. Um. Bill Murray was bit by the groundhog so hard that he had to get rabies shots.
2: Mm. Interesting.
1: Okay. I like that.
0: Which which tells you something about filmmaking because there's only one shot in the whole movie where he picks up the groundhog with his bare hands. Yeah. So how many times did they have to film that before they got the right take?
1: Okay, that's funny. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I'll start with, well, here, Zach, have you ever seen this film before?
0: No, but guess what? What? It was on my movie list that's right oh. next to me of a hundred movies. I haven't scratched one off in so long.
1: So I haven't seen it either. And I was telling people that I was watching this film in anticipation for the podcast. And you'd have acted like this film was like the Godfather or <laughs> like literally like Schindler's List, or Shawshank Redemption I was a lot of it. yeah it was like how oh, have you never seen this film before it's a classic and I was like I don't know um it was okay I'll just go ahead and
2: say um,
0: it it was well, fine uh, first off it's only the second comedy movie on our list so far yeah and I, I would argue that this is this is more of a dramedy it is a, a little bit of a dramedy yeah. um and I will, I will say it as we'll, we'll we'll talk about this movie uh, more but i think it it did sort of popularize the the time loop narrative yeah because there's there's a lot now i think that i've seen probably seen more than one but the most recent one i've seen is palm springs have you seen that one with mm-hmm. andy samberg i have not um it actually pretty good it's he's at a wedding and then he He's in a time loop and he accidentally brings this girl into the time loop with him. Right. Okay. Um. But I'm, I mean, I feel like time loop movies have this, the same narrative structure for everything. Right. It's like you have, you have the, you have the setup and then you have the first day where they're confused. Yeah. And they, and they think that they're just, oh, maybe I dream this. And then the day happens again and they're even more confused. And then they finally realize they're in the time loop and then they get really sad. Yep. And then they start doing things that they would never do because right. they know it doesn't matter. And then they finally wake up and they're like, okay, I can, I'm no longer a nihilist. Let's, let's do something. And this movie, I don't know if it pioneered that sort of thinking and narrative structure, but that is exactly what this movie and the other movies that I've seen. it it to a T. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this film was sort of a a tale of two halves for me. I'll admit that I had a real hard time getting into this film for the first half. And I think it's because of Phil's character. I understand that he's supposed to be a jerk, doesn't care about anything about, you know, other than himself, egocentric, that sort of character. But it made it really hard for me to get in the film because I felt no attachment to him whatsoever.
0: And like you didn't, you didn't care that he was stuck in this predicament. No,
1: it, it wasn't until uh, he started to uh, once he was in the time loop and started to have fun and like rob the banks and, you know, mess with mm-hmm. everybody that the, I started to, to get more into the film, which obviously is, is you know the main part. But it the first half was hard for me. I don't know. I did not like Phil's character at first. Obviously, by the end of the film, I had come around to him. But... Well, I
0: think that's what they're which which right which, went for
1: right. No, it is the point, but it almost was too much. Like he was the most like it almost was cliche to me how egocentric he was. Like they mm-hmm. said, like they they took every bit of characteristic that they could attach to someone who is that that self centered individual and ramped that up to like eleven for uh, across all meters where I, mm-hmm. I despised him. And then I didn't have any other character to latch on to because we hadn't really...
0: You didn't really um, get any anything else from anybody.
1: Yeah, even with um Andy McDowell's character... What's her name in the uh, film? Rita. Oh Rhea. Even then, like I couldn't... I don't know. By the end of the film, I still didn't even like care for her just because I didn't feel like I knew her enough, even though we definitely found out a lot about her because...
0: Yeah, he'd, so... He'd, I don't know. I think the the biggest problem with this movie is the way that other characters react to him is yeah. cuz as the audience we know we learn okay he's he's come around. He's no longer this complete like buffoon, egocentric like piece of work. But Rita and what's the what's the cameraman's name?
2: Gosh, I
0: his name is
1: that's actor's name larry
0: so uh but rita and larry only know him in the context of the five minutes before right they don't know him that he's changed so it doesn't make a lot of sense that amy mcdowell is that like infatuated with him by the end of the movie because first off it's only been 24 hours
2: yeah i I have Um, the same problem
0: but i will so while we're talking about rita i will say i thought that andy mcdowell's portrayal of this character was horrific
2: she was all with, over the place
0: with a capital h
2: go on speak your truth she,
0: i I've, I've only seen her in a couple things like she was in four weddings and a funeral and she was, she, she played like the, the reserved, like it girl pretty well, but she, she was asked to do a little more acting in this movie. And I thought it was absolutely horrific. She I didn't know like what same- she was doing. She was, I don't, I just don't know. I, I watched this movie a couple of weeks ago, so I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on the actual aspects of what I didn't like about her. Yeah. But I just, the, what I got out of that movie was she was not good at all. And well- her pairing with bill murray just didn't yeah didn't feel right they he felt like he was a hundred years old and she was like 20
1: yes oh he felt ancient and so i so it's funny you say that zach because i was going to bring up it felt like for a character who's supposed to experience so many different days and supposed to act in so many different ways and be versatile she had no range it's like when she spoke she had the same inflection or tone every time and she always had the same look on her face like the the same half smile
0: she's reacting to his his different situations the same way
1: exactly yeah not not great not great and and bill murray how 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 old is he now he does feel old in this film
0: okay so let's see bill murray was born in 1950 and she was born in, I guess she was born in 1958. So they're only eight years apart. But no, I, just guess, old. I guess Father Time uh, worked differently on both of those people. Yes. Because she, they just, they didn't look age appropriate, yeah. is what I'll say.
1: Uh, This is mean to say, but I I questioned why anyone would be physically attracted to Bill Murray in this film. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) That's that's because everyone's like, Oh, he just oozes like sex appeal. Like there's this whole part of the movie where he's going and pursuing all these different women and taking them to bed. And I I guess it's implied that he is like striking out countless amount of times until he figures out that like, he's like mad living he's like mad libbing a formula of how to get these girls to go to sl- sleep with them. Yeah. Which I guess if you had a limited time could potentially work. Yeah. But then it's so weird because at the end of the, the is it the final night when he does all the stuff and Larry is trying to persuade uh, Nancy, Nancy, one of the townspeople he's trying to like get in with her, but she doesn't even know him in this, Cycle, and she's like automatically like drawn to him, and she—I don't know—it was just like that makes sense. And I did read that this role was originally written for Tom Hanks, hmm. but uh it was deemed that he was too nice, and it wasn't believable for him to be the the sort of a butthole at yeah. the beginning.
1: I mean, I can see it. Like I said, this character—I like that he's—he was a butthole. I, um, I also—I'll uh, be honest, Zach. Could have been just, you know, 1993, a different type of vibe. I didn't find this all that funny. Yeah,
0: I, I was literally about to say, because Harold Ramis, do you know anything about him?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm he, familiar with who he is.
0: Uh, I, I, you could put him in, like, the legend category. But he, I'm not, he directed or wrote or produced these Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Stripes. Uh, vacation and Caddyshack,
1: yeah, same Caddyshack.
0: And those are like some of the most highly regarded uh, comedy films of the late '80s, early '90s. So, I mean, coming into this movie, it seems like he was he was he was on a roll. And you you weren't uh, you weren't too pleased with the no, I didn't
1: think. I mean. A couple times, you know, like I found some like some scenes endearing or cute, or you know, maybe maybe I get a crack a half smile, but
2: I don't know. I didn't went really a chucklesville over here.
0: I, I I did. I I think my favorite part of the movie was that the one run where he has everything timed and he's helping the women, and yeah, then yeah. he's checking his watch to go grab the the bags and yeah i don't know this is it's a product of its time and i think it it has a special cultural significance because it really thrust this sort of narrative structure that a lot of movies have picked up on yeah i, I like, will say
1: i did Oh, sorry go on go on also, I have you interrupt. seen
0: a uh, happy death day where it's this time loop present but it's a slasher movie i did not so it's it's I mean, it's it's a pretty. I'm not gonna. I'm not claiming that it's the first one because it's definitely not.
1: Yeah, I I do appreciate uh, as we got toward the three fourths mark in the film, um, I I really feared that Harold Ramis was going to literally start each time loop day from the beginning. That clock, because the day started every time where Bill Murray wakes up in bed or Phil wakes up in bed, the clock hits six o'clock. We hear the same song over and over again, which I will say, it did, it did start to annoy me at the end. So I, I was feeling Bill's annoyance, which was a good thing, because mm-hmm. that song has been stuck in my head ever since <laughs> I've watched this film. And we, we go through the motions of his morning, and for a brief second, that's how they were starting every single loop, was through that morning process. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, are they really going to do this every single time? And then finally, at some point, and it's really when he starts to try to pursue Rita, the film just cuts to Mm -hmm. the part where he fails, which I thought was cool. Like, I thought that was the clever way. It didn't really hold the audience's hand. Like, at that point, you're expected to know what is happening. And it's literally like he does his same line. It fails. He starts the line over again, and you see the variation. I thought that was the coolest part of the film, where he he fails. He learns. Uh, When they're at the the restaurant. Yes, Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that part was really cool to me, I'll admit.
0: Yeah. Um, But I also, I I really liked how this this film was almost like an allegory for adult life, about how mundane and repetitive your life can become. When you're working your your same nine-to-five job for 40 years, and you may have not done the things you wanted to do. Maybe you wanted to learn how to play the piano, or, cut ice sculptures with a chainsaw but you've you've pushed it off because of your career because of your family but now yeah. this guy has unlimited time and yeah. he's did he Love learn him. another language
1: he did learn some french to impress some rita, french because rita loved she the there french, was a good yeah she there, she made, there was a good moment at the, at the dinner i did laugh when uh she, he he was trying to hit on rita and know every and kind of mimic the things that she loved and he was at dinner with her and he was like, Oh, like what did you go to school for? And she's like, Oh, I went to college to study like old French. 18th century went, yeah, 18th French
0: century. poetry.
1: And he was like, Oh my gosh, what a waste of time.
0: <laughs> um Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like the the ending of this movie falls a little flat in the fact that the other characters have not gone on this journey with us. Correct. So they don't know. Um uh, what the heck is his name? Phil. They don't know Phil outside of the context that we've known him in. Because okay. if I was Rita, and I, it's they'd say that she's the new producer, so she doesn't really know him. But our our cameraman, which I already Larry. blanked on is Larry, he sort of talks to her about how he's he's like the biggest diva in show business and. I'm not too fond of him. So that's her context for him is that. And then we get this. It's not even it's only it's probably a seven o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. Correct. And then she sees him in this singular day and she's in love with him.
1: Yep. Yeah. There's a there's a couple problems with that in general, because not only did I feel like that part didn't. That wasn't, I didn't feel like that wouldn't be accurate. But also, in that same day, or maybe it was the day before, I can't remember now, where he does a lot of acts around the town. Like, mm-hmm. and, oh, you mentioned this before, like he, he, you know, jacks up like the old lady's cars to replace the tire. He, like, lights someone's cigar after he helps someone who was choking on food or the mayor or whatever.
0: Yeah, catches but, the kid out. I think, that, I think that was the same day. Was that the same day? The, the final day.
1: Here's the problem with that, Zach. It's like you just mentioned. yes he can do a lot of those things in one day however there's a moment where they're at a dance where Rita is like coming up to him and like so now taken aback by who this bill is and she's shocked but like he is like the world-renowned town famous (laughs) person which which again is like that doesn't work in the context of all the events transpiring in one day that only works for us as audience members, because we saw a progression of him doing these things over a couple of days. It does not work when it's just one day, and that drew me crazy.
0: Crazy. Yeah. And then like, I, and I, I get that he sort of like told Rita that all these things that she wouldn't he could never have known. But I don't know if that would make me fall in love with somebody. No. I, I think t- I'd be more freaked out than I would be infatuated.
1: Every time that he said, I love you, I just cringed because that, that would not, that wouldn't fly.
0: But it's also like, does he actually love her? Because he, he's, I know he's getting to know her like each one of these days, but it's like, you're only getting to know her in a individual, like three hour block and you may do different things. Like, I'm sure you wouldn't have talked about politics with her or anything real because they don't she doesn't know him
1: correct which is why that almost like the worst scene for me where things really start to fall apart is when she ends up staying the night with him just like sleeping in his bed and they've gone through this magical day where she's now fallen for him and he is just doing a monologue as she's asleep like falling asleep like kind of in that stasis of sleep and he's talking she's like whispering to her and and he's like if i could just uh and gosh i I can't it's so melodramatic now i can't remember any of the lines but it was it felt so wrong because i was like dude like i don't even i don't truly believe this for your character like that didn't even feel real like how could you Mm -hmm. have these feelings for this woman like you just mentioned that you don't you don't actually really know this woman and it's like you said you only know her but in the context of the day like you you can't get a lot of character like real life mm-hmm. progression from her from the one day where she starts in a place where she doesn't even like you
0: i yeah. don't know i, I think this, this film i feel like it works better if it wasn't trying to be a a romantic movie if this movie right. was just about this angry bitter guy who thinks his, his spot in life is not where he should be and not deserves to be, finds a new appreciation and wants to better himself and ends the movie with a new outlook on life, I think works better than him.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm not going to say... It's almost like he's methodically figuring out what the, the right things to say, which he yeah. is trying to do, but at the end of the movie, he still knows way more about her yeah. than he ever has the right to. So, how could you ever believe what he's saying It's true? Because he probably's tried this a hundred times. He's probably said this to you before.
2: I just wish that there's someone I could love every day for the rest of my life. I just you. Ugh, bad, bad. Um, I will say, though, uh,
1: would you. I did find myself thinking it would be nice. Uh, to have the same day over and over to learn the skills, Rob. Was, I was thinking, like, as he was reading books and studying, I was, like, I do kind of get a little like wish fulfillment. Like there are times when I'm in the movie and I'm like, I do kind of wish that was me. Did you, did you ever get that feeling at all, or were you like, nope, that would suck?
0: The, like he said, I was in the Bahamas last last summer. Why couldn't I relive that day over? That's fair. Depends on the day.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, can we talk for a second about? Uh, the times he tried to kill himself.
0: <laughs> um, because I know I was we we were we have a group message together with a couple friends, and the Buffalo Bills game was on, and I said if the Bills lose this game, I'm flinging myself off my balcony, and I sent a picture, and it yeah. was of this movie, and we hadn't watched the movie yet. Yeah, it was him jumping off the clock tower.
1: So there were a couple things that as we got about halfway through the film, I started to think two things. One, if he dies, what happens? Which we did get an answer. And two, how does he get out of this time loop? So let's go ahead and address the deaths. I, I figure that's probably how it would go. So if audience members, if you haven't seen it, this film, or if you haven't watched it, which obviously we encourage you to go watch it. Um, he does a lot to himself. Like He steals, as, as you mentioned, because uh, real-life Bill Murray actually got bit by the groundhog. He at one point essentially goes crazy and it's like i'm going to kill myself and take the groundhog with me
0: the and most he, heinous axe
1: yes he takes the groundhog goes on this high-speed chase and then drives off a cliff crashes into the car, a, like a, a
0: quarry into a rock quarry
1: and then the vehicle blows up <laughs> and then <laughs> which was pretty funny and uh then he wakes up and he's like you got to be kidding me so then it's every which way he does something he Jumps from a cathedral. He jumps in front of oncoming traffic. All these so,
0: toaster in the bathtub. Toaster
1: in the bathtub. Like things that are dark, but they made, but you know, it played out pretty funny.
0: Well, it's like, but I, I do feel like if you're in that situation and you're going through your development as a character, and you're like, if I'm stuck in this day, I don't want. Let's just go ahead and get this one over with. Right. Let's just go yeah. to the next one and just keep keep going on. There's no reason to do this.
1: I appreciate that they decided to address that because I think that would have been a something you would seriously consider. If you were stuck in the same day for 10 years and you were, you have the attitude of, of Phil, I feel like that, that was something you'd want to do. Um, okay, also, I, I, I another time loop
0: movie, um, Edge of Tomorrow is a pretty good action time loop movie with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt.
1: Uh, never watched it, but I, I know what you're talking about.
0: Live, die,
2: repeat. I like that. Pretty, pretty good one, pretty good one.
1: Um, Can we talk about the ending in terms of how he gets out of this loop? Because that was, as someone who didn't really, I wasn't loving the film as I was watching it. Again, I, I enjoyed a couple moments here and there. The big thing for me was, how's this time loop in? And in my head, I knew what the answer was going to be. Sure enough, I was pretty much right. I was like, okay, he obviously has to fulfill his destiny as a good guy, right? Like that's how he's probably gonna break yeah. it. But I thought there would be a little bit more to it than that because that's kinda what happened, right? Like can you explain to yeah, audience members how it like how it played out? Um Because I'm not even sure if I one hundred percent
0: So the way I took it. I think he in his mind, he was like, Obviously, death won't get me out of this. I've been a horrible person for the years that I've been in this, so and then naturally be like, all right, I got to do good deeds. And then the good deeds fail to get you anywhere. So I think it was more of on the lines of, I have to do good deeds because others need me to do them. Not because I need to save myself. Right. And I need to talk to Rita as a human being instead of as yeah. this sex object. Right. And I like being with her is secondary to, just like living in the moment and bringing joy to others and putting goodness and hope and positive energy into
2: the world. Yeah. Because
0: I think at the last loop, after they do their little groundhog thing, he says that there's something I need to do. And then he goes um, on his little helping spree where he saves the kid and the car and, the choking and the lighting, and I think it's more on the lines of, like, like I said, he's not doing that for him anymore. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not doing that in the hopes that he's gonna get out.
2: Yeah,
0: I like he's that. just he's just doing that because he knows people are suffering and and potentially dying. Yeah, if he's not there to help them.
1: I did think because uh, there's a there's a homeless man that he just calls father. I I did think that for a second he was somehow the key in all of it because they really focused for. Five oh yeah, about like trying to save him and I was like wait is this dude like is this homeless father that, that was kind of sad when the, the when the
0: when the guy keeps dying
1: I know it was kind of sad wasn't it um but that, that's about how I interpret it too I did feel like that line was kind of blurred because it did seem like as the days were repeating he was coming around to the idea of doing good because he wanted to not necessarily for himself and so I felt like it was kind of cheap that that last day where the loop ended is when he convinced Rita and like had that big melodramatic the melodramatic speech I was referencing earlier, and that's kind of what did it I- again, it made sense to me, but it felt I was like, well, I kind of feel like that that was really the thing that kind of did it in, but anyway, I don't know it
2: it's kind of just okay. I was um, a little disappointed,
0: and I read apparently the guy that plays Ned Ned. Pair, Ned is this guy that recognizes Phil from their their time in high school, and he every day he comes up to him and tries tries to sell him life insurance. Yeah, apparently, he's like, like Ned Flanders. Yeah, and apparently, in the in the first couple of iterations of the the screenplay, he was actually stuck in the loop too, and he was a he was uh, acknowledged the fact that they were in this loop together.
1: I think that could have been fun but they uh they
0: they wrote it out at the end,
1: that does seem complicated, but that could have been really fun.
0: yeah, um, anything else you want to talk about?
1: I think that's all I got. It was I'll say this. I appreciate them for keeping it pretty concise. I felt like it was an appropriate link. They could mm-hmm. have gone way over if they wanted to, but they didn't have to because what, it was an yeah. hour and forty, something, some change.
0: 41 minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good link. Yeah,
0: um, I'll say...
1: A, for this type of film, comedy, drama, like the score wasn't all that, you know, didn't something I didn't notice. Like obviously the dialogue, the acting wasn't Oscar worthy as we alluded I, to I, earlier. I, I,
0: I did write down. I, I really liked, I thought he was, Bill Murray was pretty funny and if you're, if you want him as your centerpiece of this movie, I think they should have casted a different, leading actress sure but other than that i thought he was a good centerpiece of the movie
1: i thought bill murray played a an excellent phil if that's what phil's character was going to be
2: he did a good job did i like phil no so i don't know maybe that's that's my that's my two cents on that i don't know
0: did i not rate this movie
1: Uh uh-oh while you're looking if i had to rate this film. And this is probably going to seem pretty low, but I, I feel like we've watched some really, really good films. And I I noted this after the film, that it was probably one of the weaker ones we had seen. I'm going to settle on a 6.2. 6.2 out of 10 is, is a fair score for me.
2: Is that Uh-oh. I don't know how I missed it. I remember writing it. It must not have saved. Just, just, just. Did the words of your review stay?
1: Or nothing say?
0: Oh, it's just on my little My Notes app.
1: Oh, 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 I see. I thought you letterboxed it.
0: Let's d- Did I? I thought
2: I did. <laughs> While you're looking it up, do you think that this film deserves to be on your scratch-off poster?
0: Dang, I, I completely missed it.
2: Wow.
0: So this is at a 3.8 on Letterbox. I'm giving it a 3, not a 3 stars. Right. That uh, translates to about a 6
2: 6.5. Yeah, that's Yeah. Dang, how did I miss that? Deserve uh, I... does it deserve to be on your scratch off poster? Um I do think that it
0: set up a lot of tropes. That people have taken and ran with and maybe even improved upon. So for the historical aspect of it, I'm gonna say yes.
2: Okay. I'm done with that.
0: Um Will you take a guess on what the image on this poster is? You know, each one has a little
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna
1: say because I feel like sometimes they're random. I feel like they're very, very random.
0: Sometimes they are a little, uh, the little niche. You have to really think about. It. Okay, all right, now, okay, okay.
1: I feel like it could either be the piano, his ice sculptures, or I don't know, the truck, the ground. It is.
0: It is the the alarm clock.
1: Oh my gosh, that one was staring me right in the face.
0: Yeah, I was about oh, to say gonna... you're gonna kick yourself when you uh, get this I'm one wrong. I'm
1: kicking myself. Oh my gosh, that's awful.
0: This, six, is say, this is say it say says
1: 6 yeah 6 a.m. on it.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, uh, I'll lead us lead us here. We've we've got the the fan favorite, Amore's Peros. Amore's I've Peros. I've gone, I've gone back and looked and We have we have a number of votes that didn't even think it should have moved on. Obviously, a lot of us said it should have moved on beyond Persona, but some people are keep voting it down.
2: Mmm. That's good.
0: But I will say... Okay. You know what they say? Once you start listening to the crowd, you're going to sit with them.
2: That's right.
1: When you find yourself so- on the majority, you need to sit and question why.
0: Um, so I will say that as a film, as a narrative, as an art form,
2: this movie... No. No.
1: Nope. No.
0: Never. Never.
1: I don't know if I'll ever rewatch this film intentionally.
0: Um do you do you particularly like the time loop sort of narrative structure? Yeah. Like is that I, something like yeah, would you seek I, out more of those types of movies?
1: I'd have no problem with it.
0: Yeah, I I mean they are sort of formulaic. I will say uh Edge of Tomorrow sort of breaks that mold kind of since it's an action science fiction movie. Sure. But I think that's where we'll close the the time loop on this one. Oh. But, but before we we leave, you're listening to this episode on October 30th. Tomorrow is the spookiest day of the year. And you might be thinking gosh, I just listened to the Close screening podcast. The only movie podcast that i listen listened to that I've shared to all my friends I, that I found and followed on Twitter at Close screening and that I liked and followed on Spotify and commented on the episode and voted in the poll. I said, I really wish they would have given me some Halloween recommendations. Because I'm I'm with my boo thing and we're trying to get spooky. So, asking you shall receive was what I always say. So I've carefully cultivated my my horror films, and I've I've pulled three that I would love to to share with you loyal listeners on you know what the they say? spookiest day of the year.
1: Three is a spooky number. That's
0: what they three say. Three is the devil's number, right? No, that's six um three is half so, of six. three is half of six um so for the first one i'm going classic and you're gonna say zach i've seen this movie maybe you haven't going basic going classic chocolate chip cookies we're going the original john carpenter's halloween have you seen it nicholas i have okay good i was, I you're not a big horror guy yeah no um, I thought I you were going
1: to go something like uh, *Shining* or *Exorcist*.
0: No, I, I wanted the classic-titled film because okay. you can you can be scared at the *Exorcist* all 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 year long. I would argue that *The Shining* could even be a Christmas movie because it's cold in there. It's cold at the Overlook Hotel. I did I did flirt with *The Shining*, but we talked about *Doctor Sleep* in the last episode, so I refrained um second one if you're if you want a little bit of gore a
2: little bit of humor and a lot of fun the
0: return of the living dead oh is might might even be in my top five films of all time
1: i know that you love that film
0: it is it is very campy very over the top the acting is not all perfect. But you don't need it to be. It is just over the top. It's it's funny. It's gory. It is the the spiritual successor to *Night of the Living Dead* because the two people, George Romero, I can't remember the other guy's name,
2: they broke off, and then uh,
0: some uh, there's 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 something of the. Because Romero got the rights to continue on that universe of of the Living Dead series. So then you get uh, Day of the Dead, and you get Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. And then the other guy, he got the rights to, like, of the Living Dead. So then that's why he named it The Return of the Living Dead. Um, It's just a good time. Go ahead and skip the third and the fourth one. And the fifth one, they're horrible but the second one is the sweet spot of just horror comedy. And I, sometimes I even question if it is trying to be funny. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's hilarious. It's great. It's five stars on Letterboxd. I don't say that lightly. And then for a little more spooky, and this is my, this is my right field pick. I'm going with the South Korean horror film, The Wailing.
1: Never seen that one.
0: Bit of a slow burn.
1: Is it a recent so, film?
0: I think two thousand fifteen.
1: That's pretty recent.
0: It's about a uh, like a mystery illness comes to this town, and there's some murders, and maybe there is some demonic forces at play. So I won't I won't spoil it too much. But that are those are my three recommendations. Got it. If you're looking to get spookified this may,
1: Tuesday, may I, may I throw out one?
0: I should say tomorrow. Yeah, if you're tomorrow. looking to get scared tomorrow.
2: Um,
1: may may I throw out? Say, of course, just yes. I was flipping channels, uh, in between football, as I do. It's, it was perfect. Like every game I wanted to watch was on commercial halftime, whatever. Flipping, came across came across the old Disney Channel
2: on YouTube TV. And I uh, saw Twitches. You remember Twitches?
0: Like Teen Witches? Twitches?
1: Yeah, Twitches. Hold on, Do you remember? Me... Do you remember... Uh, twitches. Tia and T- Tomeu Mori? Oh, okay, oh, yes, 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 yes. Tia oh, and Tamara? No. Tia and Tamara. Man, I butchered their names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe they made two Twitches. Uh, I recommend the first one. I sat down and put it on for about... Eight minutes. Some of, the, some of the most fun eight minutes I've had in the last month. It was a, a joy <laughs> to, re- to rewatch some Twitches.
0: Two witches who were separated at birth and were adopted by two different families meet on their 21st birthday and must use their powers to save the world in which they were born, where their birth mother still lives.
1: It is incredibly campy, but the stakes could be higher. <laughs> Go check it out. I, I think those, those actresses, those twins, they must be in their 40s or 50s now. But it, it, that was a blast from the past. So that's my recommendation. Okay. Go, go check out Twitch. It's got to be on Disney+. Plus. has to be.
0: It has to be. Um, my, final, my final thing. I am going to throw out a, a sneaky fourth recommendation. Yeah.
2: So, uh, hold on. Okay, my uh, good friend of mine
0: texts me. He says, yo, what's a good horror movie on HBO Max or Netflix? And then I, I used my, my power of knowledge to to point him at Barbarian. I said, said Hereditary. I, I think we've talked about Hereditary enough. I'm not even going to recommend it. Yeah. Um, and I said, Barbarian is an insane movie if you haven't seen it. So I, he says I haven't seen Barbarian, so we're we're going to try that one. Um, and then the next text I get about two hours later, that was insane. You were not lying. Holy shit! So it's I will you. not say anything about that movie. If you want a completely wild movie that is nothing like what you thought it was, I will say watch the trailer, and then watch the movie.
1: There you go, folks. That's Check all I'm going to say. I love
0: that. So, uh, I think that leaves us. We're done here today. We've got some recommendations. Yeah. We got our movie. Of course, we have to talk about next week's episode. Ah, uh,
1: 133 on the list. Ever-changing. 233. Yeah.
0: 230, I mean, 233. Yo, you're dumping the gun about 100 movies there. Yikes.
1: 233. I believe. So. Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't no, tell me.
0: The close enough, The Handmaiden.
1: The Handmaiden. What did I say?
0: The Handmaid's Tale. What it, that is something though, isn't it? The Handmaid's Tale.
1: Yeah. I think it's a book. I don't know. Maybe I read it in ELA. Got it. Um A recent film, right? Is that our most recent film? 2016? 2017? Something like that?
0: Let's see. Um Doing some research, going back. Yep. But the list is all messed up. Now Groundhog Day is all the way back to 237. Yikes. And Grapes of Wrath is now 235. Got it. Well. And My Father, My Son at 231.
1: Oh, let's go. Uh, Audience members, I know I've gotten a lot of complaints, a lot of angry text messages, messages saying, you gotta stick to the list, that movies keep changing. No, no, no. Next week, you will get... The handmaid. What'd you say? The handmaid? the
0: handmaid. The handmaid's tale is the Hulu series with uh with Elizabeth Moss.
1: You're getting the handmaiden. The handmaiden.
0: Week. It is a South Korean film. But I think it's I think it might be. Uh just bear with me. I know people probably don't like when we do this. <laughs> the Dead Air. Yeah. Well, it's not. It is the besides the sound of music and dances with wolves it is the longest movie we've watched at two hours and 25 minutes so plan accordingly
1: plan accordingly
0: and then you know what we have next nicholas
1: hatchy a dog's tail hatchy
0: a dog's tail
1: can't wait <laughs> all right well zach anything all right. else?
0: i think that's it um happy halloween to those who celebrate and we'll catch you next monday same time same place